0: Okay. Welcome. 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 To to, welcome. Welcome. welcome.
1: welcome. <laughs> you do it. Dude, Matt, welcome to Don't Feed The Trolls, where we are mowing what you're growing. This, this week's awesome. This is the first time I just emailed somebody out of the blue and said, hey, I saw you on Anthony Bourdain. I think you're cool. Come on our show. And guess what, Matt? They came on our show. So, this week, we have t- Tom Nardone, president and... Uh, founder of Privco. Privco. It's Priveco. Priveco. It's a, pri- it's a private yeah. company. And he talks about that on the episode. You'll hear it in a minute. Um, and other companies. But he was on TED Talks and he gave a talk about uh, volunteerism and he made it really funny. And I love it because he's super unpretentious. And uh, But he started Detroit Mower Gang. And that's what I thought was cool because he's just kind of like, I got a lawnmower and I started mowing. And You'll hear all about it, but uh, it's awesome. Yeah, Detroit is a it's it's a rough city, and he just started mowing some lawns. And so I thought I want to talk to this guy because, <laughs> this guy, this is what our podcast is all about. He so. he he really embodies it. Tom Nardone on this episode, but
0: first we got some amazing troll mail from the Bigfoot episode a few weeks back, and we want to read it. Yeah, we did in a segment of don't read the troll.
1: I love it. I'm only going to read the ones where people are agree with me about Bigfoot being out there, and you can read the ones that aren't. That are. Lame. I'll
0: read this first one. This is a critique. It, it was actually, you know, we always read the nice emails because we're insecure and we want to feel good about ourselves. This one, <laughs> um, this one is not so nice. It's kind of critical. I mean, I, it's it's nice. It's nicely put. It's by Michael yeah. H. and he says, Matt and Nate, for the record, I really do enjoy enjoy the show. However. I'm going to be a troll by calling you guys out for being trolls. Ironic, I know. Your latest episode about Bigfoot seemed kind of counter to what the show is about in not feeding the trolls. So much of the noise online and on social media are conversations turned into arguments where either party is so convinced that they're right that it becomes a pissing contest and nothing is resolved. It's like the classic case of an atheist and a Christian... Uh, that the other is wrong and that they're right. My impression of the episode was very much like this, and it seemed like you guys were feeding Bigfoot-sized portions of food to each other's trolls. Still thought the show was really entertaining and look forward to the next week's show, Michael. Uh, so I responded back to Michael, because I was like, Michael, you're wrong. We, we <laughs> I was, You're clearly wrong here. I beg to differ. We had a friendly debate from completely opposite sides of the issue. And at the end, we were still friends. I didn't yeah, get in. Yeah. It didn't get into your average piss, pissing match that the uh, that the social media, um, you know, comments in the Facebook sections can get where there, people are name calling or being demeaning or saying you're yeah. stupid to believe that. I never called Nate stupid once for believing in Bigfoot. I asked a lot of questions. Um, and then I presented an argument that I felt could challenge those questions or at least give an answer to some of his questions. And that's what a debate is. It's two people defending a position. And those positions, in order for good debate, have to be opposite. Oftentimes on this show, Nate and I agree too much. And we pretend we don't agree because we want to have uh, a reasonable debate, a reasonable dialogue, and give fairness to both sides. But this was two sides where we clearly differ on. And I think we respected each other uh, throughout that, that, uh, that process. We debated without the hated.
1: Well, you know what's funny is I, I thought to myself as I read that, and I just got to the line with this it's not what the podcast is all about. And right. I go, wait a minute. Don't Feed the Trolls is saying, you can't tell me what my podcast is about. <laughs> that's what that podcast means you can't say this is where it fits into this box and you're not allowed to go outside of this box and talk about Bigfoot I'm like hey look that's feeding the trolls by telling us how we can and cannot and, talk about and it.
0: just to prove our point Michael which I, we really appreciate you listening and we appreciate the critique and we love the opportunity to explain what our podcast is about and why we think uh, we had a good conversation and uh, we have a friend uh, Jake VP
1: our buddy from, uh, from Idaho yeah, yeah this one's great Jake says, listen to the Bigfoot podcast currently, and if I control you in a positive way, this is great. You both seem to be talking from a real place of passion, and I can tell you're really into it, and it's making me really into it. Not that the other episodes, you guys aren't into it, but it just feels like you guys are more authentic on this topic. You see, Michael, you see,
0: Jake VP knows. <laughs> we were authentically arguing from our hearts
1: while respecting each other's. Intelligence. There's really no way to talk about Bigfoot without it being controversial because right. like the email from Sean Davis where his PS signature says Bigfoot doesn't doesn't exist. Listen, Sean, <laughs> we're not even going to read your email. <laughs> Nate does not like to be told. You got to see the
0: forest for the trees here, man. The email Sean wrote was is actually one of the best, most complimentary emails we've ever received. I know, I know. Just because he said Bigfoot doesn't exist doesn't mean it's a bad email. I mean here let me read it to you. Supporting you on Patreon was a no-brainer for me, Sean says. I regularly listen to a wide variety of podcasts range, ranging from the Joe Rogan Experience all the way to First Take with my boy Stephen A Smith. By the way Nate, these are those are massive podcasts. Those are those are number 1 on yeah. on all the charts podcasts. And yeah. he goes, "Those guys have tons of experience with TV, radio and podcasts. You two have very little experience." But I honestly feel that your natural chemistry and ability to hold an entertaining conversation is equivalent, if not at times superior, to me at least, than all the other podcasts that I listen to. Seriously, keep up the great work. P.S. Bigfoot doesn't exist. And Nate, to that I say, Bigfoot does not exist. Because a man who's going to compliment us that much deserves to have an opinion we cling to.
1: You know, this happened to me a lot in my life. This sounds exactly like when you were friends with the girl and she says, "You're so funny. You're so cute. You're so entertaining. I like being around you. PS, buddy. <laughs> Good buddy." Like,
0: you all this, let's love just from be Sean And then Yeah, I think No, I just
1: think it's funny. Sean, you don't know if Bigfoot doesn't He's prodding. You, you you don't know. I love don't it. Know. I think it's funny. And then we
0: got one more from Brad Parsons who doesn't mention much about Bigfoot, but we did ask you guys. This was awesome. We did. This was awesome. We did ask you, and Nate, Nate I'll have you read this because, right. because you need to read it from a believer's perspective. Oh, yeah. We did ask you guys on the Bigfoot episode to email us if you had any encounters with uh, Bigfoot in the wild or knew anybody or had any stories. And here's one from Brad Parsons who lives in Oregon. Take it away, Nate.
1: Oregon and if you know anything about Bigfoot Oregon is Bigfoot country <laughs> but he said I grew up in a rural town in Central Oregon when I was 17 I was driving down a road by myself late at night this road was known for odd happenings such as ghostly sightings and UFO sightings etc while driving down this road I saw something leap from the bushes oh my gosh and just beyond just beyond my headlights as I approached I saw two yellow eyes staring at me and I was assumed it was like a deer or a cougar or something but what I saw was a four or five foot tall creature that resembled a spider monkey. It had short hair, a rounded head, thin arms and legs, and a tail, and it was crouched on its haunches. So it had a tail, hmm. never heard about this. Hmm. I passed within 10 feet of it, and it was very close to the road, but it did not flinch when I drove past. The last thing I saw was its yellow eyes staring back at me through my rear view mirror. Yikes. I did some research and found out, that other people have been reporting seeing this thing, and, they, and I believe it's called the Northwest Devil Monkey. Why do
0: they got to call it's it a si- devil?
1: All well, the there's the glow? New Jersey. Well, the New Jersey Devil is is the flying version of this. Oh, you know that, right? okay.
0: So the Northwest Devil doesn't fly. Yeah.
1: So Fair the enough. New Jersey Devil, which is like a sports team. Right. And it's like become a legend. Uh but send me more info if you'd like. Thanks for the great stuff. Love the podcast. This is awesome because I actually didn't talk about this, but the bioluminescent eyes. People talk about the that's eyes. Nocturnal, that's nocturnal eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. But people have seen green and red ones um, with Bigfoot. Lots of green and red eyes. And they're really tall off the ground. So people are like, that's something looking at me. Jeez. So they've got some vision. So yeah, this guy monkey. saw this crazy monkey. Let's take, let's
0: take uh more of these stories. I, I like to hear the first person accounts because I feel like you guys are real people, not just some loonies out there, you know, uh, trying to, trying to advance a conspiracy. You guys are, you guys are our listeners. You're our people. You're, you're close to home. So if you have any other experiences with, with the spooky Bigfoot or devil monkey, please email us. We'd love to hear them.
1: Well, you know what, man, I had an idea basically about this. Hmm. You and I could start a podcast, bring in people who talk about their experiences with crazy creatures. Yeah, we could just be like coast to coast, just hit the
0: paranormal,
1: yeah. you know. And, and I would love it because you don't agree, and I and I, I believe there's crazy things out there probably more than you do, and then it would be pretty funny.
0: I definitely think there are things that I don't understand, but I believe at some point anything physical we will understand.
1: But do you believe that I have a point that you can't say Bigfoot doesn't exist? You just can't say that yeah. because you also can't you say don't know.
0: you can't say you can either.
1: That's my point.
0: <laughs> well, I,
1: I know, I know. It's a belief. I believe they exist based on the evidence. Right. But, I, but to come out as one person and say, no, it doesn't exist, is like saying we're never going to discover anything new. Right. It's not know? proven.
0: It, it's not proven it doesn't exist, but it's not proven it does exist. Therefore, it's not.
1: We already talked all about of it, dude. And something is better than nothing. And when it comes to Bigfoot, we have something. So there you go. (laughs) Nice segue. I'm
2: Tom from the Mower Gang. We are a volunteer group that mows the abandoned parks and playgrounds of Detroit. We're a bunch of fools. Thanks. We're a bunch of fools that like lawn tractors and somehow we make it in the news. My name's Tom, gang leader is my, per- my title, and uh, which uh, my speech today is called Something is Greater Than Nothing. It has to do with volunteerism and civic work. Um, I try to connect with you in a funny way, then I'm gonna tell you my message, which is something is greater than nothing, while speaking from my personal experience. I'm gonna repeat the message one last time at the end, and then you clap so that's how this all is gonna work welcome
0: tom to don't feed the trolls podcast um how you doing i'm doing great how are you we're doing awesome thank you for uh making time for us um we imagine you have some wisdom on what it takes to starve your trolls and that's kind of what our podcast is about breaking through barriers um trying to live a more purposeful life and uh we're super interested in kind of your perspective on things. Uh, I think Nate watched a uh maybe an Anthony Bourdain episode and saw you on there and said, "Hey, this guy looks really interesting is doing some cool things, so we'd like to get him on. We're super interested in your perspective on volunteerism uh-huh. and uh, especially the Detroit mower gang you started. but first, uh can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an entrepreneur Sure um well my parents
2: were entrepreneurs so that's okay. a big start. Uh, my dad owned a, like a liquor store in Massachusetts and my mom when I went off to college bought an ice cream uh, like a they made ice cream it was an ice cream shop awesome but, but like a big one and uh, so okay. I saw dinner table conversations were about entrepreneurship. Um, I went off and became an engineer I liked cars so I went off and got an engineering degree it went to work for a helicopter company and then for Ford Motor Company okay where. When I was at Ford Motor Company, I wrote business plans, which was like entrepreneurship meets cars, which was my dream job. And uh, oh, My wow. problem was that I wrote a business plan for myself, and I started it in my spare time, and it took off. Huh. So I had to leave Ford Motor Company in my dream job to become my own boss, and that's been a good run. That was 18 years ago.
1: Oh, goodness. Okay. That's awesome. What are you doing now, then?
2: I run a company called Privco, the world's most private company. We sell things that are embarrassing to buy in person over the internet, and then we don't bother you after the sale. There's, like, no order history or anything like that. So, and we run a bunch of websites that sell embarrassing products.
0: Like uh, the, the equivalent of a, of a back alley uh, deal that you can't track down? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere between Amazon.com and Silk Road, I suppose. Right? <laughs> we sell we sell like things that you could buy at Amazon. Some most of it, I right. think. Uh, yeah. But we sell it in like a more private manner. We, we've been around a long time, and um, pe-
0: people have been more more and more concerned with privacy on the internet. Is that something like? Did you kind of force, foresee that happening more and more, and that that's what inspired it? Or yeah, came-
2: well, originally I started the company um, like. In 1998, the internet was really new. Oh, gosh. So I started it when people were like, I don't want to buy this hemorrhoid cream at the drugstore. So we (laughs) sold that stuff online and shipped it in a plain brown box. So So smart. and that's what we still do. Like, um, I'm the world's largest retailer of bachelorette party merchandise. All you know, right. like a bet <laughs> of a bachelor party. Like
0: right. penis-shaped cakes and stuff.
2: Yep. If you want a penis piñata, I'm your guy.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I saw yeah. a, a hilarious uh, – someone is like an artist, a cake artist, and they've uh-huh. taken – because you know you get the bachelorette, uh, a party cake and it's shaped like a penis or whatever, yeah. and and you you bake it at home and it's got the stencil or whatever. And then afterwards, what are you going to use it for? So this person has been decorating um, with with the shape of the penis, uh, it, different things like an elephant or Mickey Mouse or like. <laughs> and there's a whole stream. <laughs> you know that you know who that
2: person was. Who? Me? You? No way. I swear to you. No I, way. It's so funny to me
0: that you're like,
2: I saw this thing on the internet. My mind
0: is blown right now. Yeah. I, that's been one of my favorite things to look at just on that's the true. internet.
2: Yeah. I, I um. So we we sell penis <laughs> shaped
0: cake for years and years.
2: The website we sell the stuff on is called Nate,
0: Nate, listen, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm starstruck right now because I've been laughing no at way. those cakes for years. You make the cakes?
2: I made the cakes. It's my website. Oh, my gosh. That well, is so insane. Penispans.com or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes from boredom. Like, you're sitting around the office with all your office mates, and right. you're like, what the hell do people do with these cake pans when you're done with them? Yeah. You know, like, they spend $11 for this cake pan. Are they ever going to use it again?
0: Uh, I thought it was yeah. genius. And that's some incredible artistic work. Do you do that yourself, or...?
2: Yeah, you know, we just, you know, are yeah, like, frosting like, together like and cakes. Yeah, they're not that good. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they're not like those things on Cake Boss. Or...
0: <laughs> you could start uh, your own shop. Yeah.
1: Was this like one of those like links where like this, you know, like you that you clickbait on the Internet and yeah. it was just some. Yeah, I'm sure other people are profiting off of that.
2: I'll tell you my experience with this is you create this thing, which, you know, is this website with it's probably has like a 10 ideas on it. Right. You know? And we make all the cakes and we do all this work. And then all of a sudden you see your work show up like on BuzzFeed. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. And then they're like, well, we gave you a link back to your page. And it's right. like, yeah, after you used every single photo
0: from it, in a <laughs> slideshow,
2: you gave a link to the, you know, the original. Oh, artist.
0: the old man. meme culture is it's tough. Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. And the the, the original artist gets screwed here.
2: They just take the like. They just take the take the image from it. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah. We've we've had that happen on this on this podcast. We've made some funny memes ourselves, and people will rip them and upload them onto their page, and then all of a sudden, our traffic oh. is like dies, and we're like, Hey, wait, wait, what happened? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, hey, like I made that. I wrote that joke. You well,
1: know? right, but unfortunately,
0: I mean, for us, you know, we're borrowing a lot of other people's original content yeah what i I think with this cake stuff it's very original artistic content i mean
2: yeah oh yeah for sure i mean we you know like i spent days making those cakes and photographing those cakes there's no doubt that it's my photo and my creation no doubt right and uh, but you know what can you do it's buzzfeed like they're (laughs) they're huge corporation (laughs) everyone yeah, so it's so you have you mentioned it to them, Hey, you know this is kind of like I know you're a commercial property, but we're a commercial property too, and you just stole our stuff. Right. So they yeah. Say, oh well, how about if we do an article? They do a tit for tat with you.
0: Right. Say, yeah.
2: Well, we're gonna run, we'll run an article about ten great bachelorette party items, and we'll link to your website. And it's like all right. So then, shut up, you know. Well, that's smart. (laughs) Uh, So you, it's like. uh, Well, when
0: you have the user base, you have the power, right? You'd be like, I'll just trade you. You know, I'll just absolutely now that I got their eyes on your product, I'll trade you their eyes for. Now everyone's
1: googling penis cakes right now.
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah. That's funny that that came up.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh! That so that that yeah, we sidetracked a bit on that because that was that was a fascinating um, little tidbit.
2: Yeah, so that's how I became an entrepreneur, right? Like my parents were entrepreneurs. I went to work. I got, had a job that I liked. I learned to write business plans and come up with business ideas. I came up with one. I probably came up with 50 that weren't good enough to do. And then I came up with one. <laughs> and everybody said, you know, I come up with a business idea. Hey, what do you think of this? And be like, yeah, it's okay. But people only spend like, you know, $10 a person to get their leaves mulched. Right. Yeah, so You can't really run a business mulching people's leaves.
0: <laughs> All right,
2: that makes sense, you know. Then yeah. like then you come up with the the one that people really like, so. Right,
1: right. So. What uh, What's the number one item that you uh ship that people don't want to know about? Should we or should we even ask?
2: Right now it's bachelorette party merchandise. It's is really busy and like a top selling thing there is rainbow colored penis straws. they, 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 they like they're popular for gay pride festivals and bachelorette parties. Oh, man, and yeah. You just never know when you're going to need a rainbow-colored
0: <laughs> There's so many applications.
1: So many. What man. do you tell your kids when they ask you what you do? What do you do, Dad? You oh, I say, say I
2: sell embarrassing things. The kids don't <laughs> like to be embarrassed, you know? They right, yeah, They wet yeah. their pants when their friends are around. Or right. What? Yeah. So they what know adults
0: that. do. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I and love it, it.
2: Yeah. And then in the wintertime, uh, I own and run vibrators.com. So in the wintertime, all the toys sell really well. People are locked inside
1: <laughs> their homes. You know all people's vices and what they're doing at any given time of the year. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's fun. Oh, it, it's, it's March. People are masturbating a lot in March. So <laughs> Yeah.
2: They, you know, and um, we, we can tell, you know, we've been at this 18 years. So we can tell you, like, at first we were like, okay, this holiday, it's slow. And this holiday, it's not slow. So some holidays, our business doesn't drop off. Like, huh. the long weekend this weekend, we'll be busy anyway. The websites will be busy. But, like, the 4th of July Nothing. is really slow. Okay. So then, so then it's like, okay, well, um, St. Patrick's Day, it's busy. Weird. But Mother's Day, it's super slow. Like, Mother's Day <laughs> is one of the slowest
0: days. You got to think it's, it's, there's more conservative, you know, traditional holidays. Like, you know, the nationalistic pride wells up, and the last thing you want to think about is a vibrator you yeah. want to think about sacrifice and veterans and you know freedom no, no,
2: veterans day
0: is busy though. right and, and mother's day i mean you don't you don't want anything yeah. embarrassing you, want, oh, you want you want to go get flowers and think about your mom in a strictly platonic way
2: yeah exactly.
0: but maybe saint what? patty's day is an excuse to party a little bit crazier you know yeah
2: well the way we see it here is any holiday you spend time with your family like you right. go and travel, and you spend time as a family; those holidays are slow.
0: Right. Any right.
2: holidays you spend time with your friends, right? Those holidays are busy. Right. Because your friends it's... will tell you, "I, you know, have a bachelor party to go to," or they'll <laughs> say, "Like I tried this new sex toy; it's amazing." <laughs> but your so, family
0: won't.
1: You, yeah. But your mom. You must <laughs> <shout out laughs> you. I love it. I love the thought. Speaking of busy, you sound super busy. How on earth did you find time to go mow lawns for your community? That that seems like the best transition I can come up with right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a
2: good one. That's a good one. It's part of it. Um, well, I started the Detroit Mower Gang, which is a volunteer group that mows abandoned parks and playgrounds in the city of Detroit. And I started it because I wanted to do some volunteer work, but I didn't think I could fit in with other people's schedules. So I sort of had to become the boss of one. Right. So, or I really, I when I started it, it wasn't the mower gang. It was just me mowing parks. So I By so, yourself. Yeah. So the city of Detroit was closing down all these parks, which meant they were just abandoning them. And I bought a lawn tractor on Craigslist. And I would go out whenever I had some time that I just needed to think. You guys know, you're creative professionals. Sure. Sometimes you just need to, like, sit down and think about things. And so yeah. I was like, well, I could just go ride around on a lawn tractor and think about things. And that would be, like, volunteer work. Yeah, so I bought a lawn tractor on Craigslist, and I went out and I started mowing some parks. I what can, year was this? That was uh, six years ago,
1: 2010. And how, and how big is the lawn mower gang now?
2: Now uh, we meet on Wednesday nights, every other Wednesday night, and we can mow three or four parks on our own. Every- and then once once a year, we have a big event called the Craftsman Motown Mowdown. <laughs> And and we mow 30 parks in one day. Oh, man. So the Motown Mow Down, the Craftsman Motown Mow Down, is a 12-hour volunteer marathon. We start at 10 a.m., and we don't stop mowing and cleaning and working until 10 p.m. Wow. But the first year, I tried to plan it as a 24-hour. Oh, gosh.
0: (laughs) First and only year, it was 24 hours.
2: (laughs) The idea was that you would just keep mowing all night long <laughs> now this was not well thought through because we mow parks in like the worst neighborhoods of detroit so the idea of like mowing parks in the middle of the night in detroit didn't catch on very well so
0: so detroit city announces i mean obviously there's a big recession there's bankrupt the city's going bankrupt it's yeah. going bankrupt and they go listen guys the fringe the fringe expenses have to go we have to buckle down the hatches here um, how there's many parks? 300,
2: there's 300 in the city. Oh my so goodness. We're going to
0: close 72. We're going to close 72 parks, which means they're just not going to maintain them or they're yep. going to put fences around them.
2: No, no, they don't have any money to put fences. So they're
1: so just, is that like on the nightly news or something? Did you just like read that all, somewhere? Oh, it was all over
2: the place. Yeah.
1: And you, you were could, just like by yourself thinking, I'm going to keep these parks from shutting down. <laughs>
2: no, not
0: 72.
2: I was just, you know what it was One. I looked at the list first i wondered what does closing a park mean
0: yeah and it meant
2: that they were going to take away the trash cans and stop mowing them stop caring right and then there was one that i drove by all the time that was really small so it was like the size of a basketball court and a playground and not much else like you couldn't play a game of football there it's too small right and uh, i thought and i drive by it all the time and i thought i could mow that you know like i could probably mow that whole place with a lawn tractor
0: so that's what I did. And then and then you mowed that. And then did, did people notice that you were doing that and ask you what you were doing? Or you just
2: no. thought? No. no but, Well, the people in, that used the park did, like the kids. Right. Like, hi. And I was like, hi, I'm Tom. I'm going to mow this park. And they're like, cool. You know? <laughs> and then um, the, and Detroit has this abandoned velodrome. That's a word most people don't know. So I'll explain it. A velodrome is a banked bicycle racing track like they have at yeah. the so a group of, uh, like an organization built one in 1969 in Detroit, and, the, and by the late 80s, it started to crack and stuff, so they abandoned it. So there's this banked bicycle racing track in Detroit, and I had heard it existed. It was like a myth. Huh. And I, so I found it on Google Maps using the satellite view, and I went out there, and it was a giant mess. It was just completely ruined. Wow. So I decided, hey, maybe they'll take this on as a project. Maybe I'll try to mow this all down and clear all the vegetation off. But I knew I needed help then. So I, that's when I started calling it a gang, like a biker gang, but for lawn rights. And I uh, tried to invite anybody that I thought would want to use this bicycle racing track, like remote control car clubs or mountain bike groups or bicy- bicycling groups. You could have got right. a bunch of
1: hipsters. They all have yeah. those fixed gear bikes, and they'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> So I contacted all these people through Facebook. Well, the crazy thing about the velodrome is you can actually get to it on your motorcycle, or people. I've seen people drive cars around it, and it's really steep. Like it's so steep you can't walk up it. But, uh, <laughs> so, like I've ridden my motorcycle around it countless times. So it's kind of crazy. It's all covered in graffiti now. Because people, you know, now that you can use it, people go there all the time. So right. it's really kind of a crazy attraction. You can find mm, pictures really? of it online. And uh, just look up Detroit Velodrome and the pictures will come up. And that, that's that got me on the front page of the paper. And then from there, we just keep trying to find cr- sillier and sillier things to do, I guess.
0: That's awesome. As a gang of people with lawnmowers, yeah. eventually.
2: Yeah. So now on a given Wednesday night, we'll have about 20, 25 people come out. And we can mow park after
0: park and drink beer and do all that sort of stuff. That sounds like the kind of club I want to be a part of. That sounds like <laughs> something fun. That's I'm like- part of like a I'm part of like a scooter club or have been, you know, in years past where they do like, you know, they do like drives for kids and stuff sure. like that. And I always feel like when you're when you're working, but also having fun, like. i would pay to do that you know when you're doing something valuable that's like restorative of a community or helpful and it's work but you're also having fun there's just you don't need to get paid and yeah so you have this perspective and um nate i think listened to your tedx talk on volunteerism Mm -hmm. yeah and the power of it um why do you think that people well number one why do you think people want to volunteer? Why is that? Why is that innate in us? And then number two, how do you inspire volunteerism? How do you get people on your side, and and bought into your vision? Oh,
2: um, okay. Well, let me start by saying I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not an expert at this. Like I'm not a sociologist, you know. Um, so the first thing I don't know why people like to volunteer. I know it feels good, right? Like right. Like, yeah. But that's the same reason why you put your finger in your ear and you wiggle it around, right? Like, I don't, I'm not an ear doctor, but I like a Q-tip in there. It just feels good. <laughs> so I think people want to volunteer because it feels good. Um, and it makes them feel less terrible about themselves. Beautiful. One of those two. Different
0: we could always use that. Yeah. yeah. More m- or less terrible feeling.
2: Some people, want, yeah. People want to hate. Some people are like, oh... I just want to love myself. And other people are like, I would like to hate myself less. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, and then how do you get people to join you in volunteerism? The way I do it is I try to make it fun. Yes. Like, I see that's my job as the leader of the volunteer group, but I can't outwork some of these people. Like, they work so hard and they're so good at what they do. Like, this, some of these people are true. They love to mow grass, and they're really good at it. And they bring this great equipment. So I just see my job as the leader is to try to make it fun. Like every time right. I go out, I try to do something fun. Yeah, I just announced our next event. Here's an example, and um, it has nothing to do with mowing. But we're gonna try to eat a durian fruit. <laughs> you know what that is? <laughs> yeah, oh, is the stinky fruit? Yeah. So it's like this has nothing to do with mowing grass. But I saw one at the Asian market. I was like, I always wanted to try one of those. But you really need like about like a, I need like a spoonful of that, and I have to buy a four-pound durian fruit.
0: And they're huge, yeah. <laughs> and they're they're very healthy, I believe. That's what they tell you. And, uh,
2: <laughs> and you cut it open with a machete, and all of a sudden, so, so I go, oh man, I, I got to bring this to the next mower gang event.
1: So <laughs> next mower gang event is mow grass and eat a durian fruit. Durian pinata, I love yeah. it. I, I think I think the interesting thing about all this is like. You're kind of saying, I don't know what I do. I just do something, and I think so many times people want to know how to start something, how to get something going, and you're just saying, just it just takes someone crazy enough just to start it, and then it goes yeah. off from there. You know, yeah, right?
0: We we're, we're inspired by Shia LaBeouf's uh, inspirational video where he just yells, "Do it!" the whole time. Oh yeah, like, like how do you do it? do it? Do it. And that's, I mean, people ask us all the time, like you know, like Nate and I are, are musicians. We yeah. we started by forming bands initially, and you know, people always ask us, like, how do you start a band? Like, you ask people, do you want to start a band? You just, yeah, you just do it. You yeah. just get you just get your instrument, and then you ask other people <laughs>
1: can, if can, they can your instrument? have instruments, and then you get together, and you start playing your instruments. Like, that's, it's very simple. But see, the, the the thought is, from everyone, I think humans just think, well, I have to be a lawnmower expert in order to start a lawnmower gang, yeah. you know? and
2: <laughs> you that's like, not I, true. That's definitely <laughs> not true.
1: And how is Detroit Detroit as a city? Is this like something that's happening all over the place? Like people are kind of like, well, the city ain't going to do it, so we're going to do it. Have you heard any other cool stories of people picking up lawnmowers or starting gardens or what's happening? Yeah, there's there's stories. There's
2: like stories. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's not enough, you know. Detroit's a tough place. Detroit's in rough shape. Right. And, and, you know, a gang of 20 guys who mow every other week isn't going to fix it. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, here's another, remember Remember I talked about BuzzFeed stealing your my penis cake photos? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> every once in a while, a libertarian, we'll say some or- press organization with like a libertarian bend Right. come and say, because libertarians, you know, I, I don't like to get political about it, but right, libertarians right. like to say that government doesn't need to exist. If right. there was no government... Private citizens would step in and take a. You know that's like a common theme. Right. So they like to say, yeah. "Well, you're an example of private citizens stepping in and taking over yeah. the mowing of parks." Yeah. It's like if you saw the parks we were working on, like like we are yeah. the world's worst park ki- care care. The worst, <laughs> you know, like absolutely <laughs> horrible. Like, these places are way steep. By the time we get back to mow them again. Like at the <laughs> beginning of the year when we do the mow down, we mow all, all the parks. Right. And then we yeah. mow every other week. So say we mow 30 parks. Let's do some math, right? You didn't think there'd be math, but there's going to be. Okay. So we mow 30 parks. So May 30. 30th, we got 30 parks. They're all freshly mowed. Then two weeks later, we mow four parks. Two weeks okay. later, we mow four parks. Okay. Two weeks later, we mow four parks. When do we get okay. to the thirtieth park
0: again? Two or three months in.
2: Yeah. Three and so then when we get there, the grass is way steep. <laughs> and then the next week we get back to the park that we mowed right away and we right. two weeks after <clears> the <throat> and that's way steep. So they're way steep, way steep, way steep. So great. And uh, this is a picture from that day, but it bears some explanation. This dude over here is my brother. (laughs) He came because he loves me. This pair of knees back here is uh, Mike, Dr. Mike. He worked for me. I paid him to go. (laughs) This guy here showed up to tell us it was impossible and would never do anything. (laughs) Screw him. (laughs) This guy showed up. He showed up, he volunteered, he brought his son. Guess what his name is? His name was Guy. I wanted one guy. I got a guy.
0: So you're, you're an example of what would happen if, it, if the whole thing was just turned over to private citizenry. Yeah, and it's ugly. You would get a band of 25 guys together. And you could do, uh, you know, it would be drunk on lawnmowers, a small percentage of the work as, 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 as much as you could do, you know, sometimes you mow 12 hours and it still doesn't get the work done.
2: Exactly. Yeah. we do a crappy job, you know,
0: is there any hint from the city that they will be maintaining these parks? Yeah, we, or? Um, we're
2: not out of business yet. The mower gang is not out of business. Okay. But um, we've started to struggle to find parks because the city declared bankruptcy. So then they wiped out a lot of debt. They used to spend like 40% of their budget on paying their interest payments. So so when they wiped out a lot of their debt, now they have like 30% more money. Does that make sense? Because now they only pay like 10% of the budget is on interest payments. Right. And then they gave up the largest park in the city. They gave it up to, to state control. So the state of Michigan okay. runs that one. Yep, that's no, a state park, which right. is really nice too. And um, so now the city has people to mow parks, which is good. Um, Great. And then, but we found out that the Detroit schools are in rough shape. The uh, population of Detroit. Oh, what? I, if you don't know this, which nobody does, most people don't. Detroit at one point had two point two million residents, and now it has seven hundred and fifty thousand. Wow! So Whoa. it is two-thirds vacant. And right. so what someone in the mower game, this guy John Barrett, figured out was that elementary schools have playgrounds because we mow playgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's what we're interested in because kids need a place right. to play, and they can't yeah. mow their own crap. We don't mow horseshoe pits because adults can mow their own crap. <laughs> so um, So someone figured out that these elementary schools, they all have playgrounds outside them. So we went around and scouted out all those, and they're not mowed by the parks department. So we found like twenty something elementary schools. So that's where we're doing a lot of work now. Well, that's cool.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So the schools need help, and those don't those don't actually qualify as as yeah, parks, they get, uh, parks and recreation. The
2: city of Detroit has like a infrastructure group that mowed, that like does what they call like a rough cut. Not park. Right. It's not like parkland cut. That's a that's a finish cut. So they yeah. just cut down the vegetation, and they do it like uh, two to four times a year for these abandoned
1: schools. If you're a young artist or a hipster, you want your own bike track. You want a cheap house. You can get a house for five thousand dollars. Move <laughs> oh, to Detroit. You can,
2: get, you can get a nice house for five for five grand. You can get a pretty nice one. You can get one for five hundred bucks.
1: <laughs> Why aren't hipsters just moving to Detroit in droves? <laughs> like. They say they are. They say they are. I mean, aren't these
0: artistic communities popping up in industrial districts, you know, creating, aren't, tra- like I heard yeah, some stuff. there's story. some,
2: there's some, there, there's, uh, there's reason
0: to do that. Urban farming and such like that? Yeah,
2: there's reason to do those things.
0: Let the vines take over the... Yeah,
2: there's one park we went to, had a bunch of grapevines, and there's all these grapes. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go back there and harvest some grapes and <laughs> And then there's one place we went last year that had so many raspberry bushes that we were all stuffed full of raspberries. (laughs) Good. It's organic. It's just like nobody touches these. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah.
1: You could start raspberries.com, Then it comes with a dildo, and you yeah, get a no. and you get a nice basket of raspberries yeah. for the We can spell raspberries
2: with two s's. Ra- <laughs> r- S- r- S- yeah.
0: Raspberries.
1: Yeah. Don't be the trolls. Gets five percent of every sale. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. These these ideas aren't. Yeah, free. No, no. they're too good. Right. They're going to end up on Buzzfeed soon. What are, yeah. what are some cool stories with, like, the kids, like, the kids coming out? Do you see them playing in the parks and smiles on their faces? Or are they, are they just kind of yeah. – are they taking back the land? Are they owning it themselves?
2: No, oh, these are little kids, you know, but they play on the swings. That's the important part. That's what we look for. When you mow the park, the kids come out and play on the swings. That's what we want. <laughs> so, or That's basketball fun. or something like that. I have an idea for in the future I want to get something going because a lot of these parks have, like, three basketball courts – but there's only like one net left. Right. And uh, what happens when there's only one place to play basketball is that all the toughest oldest people play. Yeah, and then right. the little kids can't play basketball at all.
0: Right. Cause they're not invited to the party. It's, it's yeah, limited. Cause they get know? beat out. They
2: get pushed aside It's
0: five on five max, you know?
2: So. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of hoping that I'm hoping in the future that maybe if I find some time, which I don't have a lot of, <laughs> I'm actually hoping one of my, my oldest son is 11. Um, Gets through Boy Scouts where he needs to do an Eagle Scout project, and nice. you know, we'll go do that type of thing.
0: So you would go in and restore the nets. Yeah, the other nets. Like we wouldn't like
2: make it real nice, you know, just put nets up. But functional.
1: I mean, it's a
0: it's a concrete slab. It's a it's a backboard and a net, and that's I, all people need to do.
1: How has your like view of the city changed or volunteerism changed since all this? Like, do you like like I know you're not a libertarian, and I'm not either. Yeah. I used to I used to be kinda like that and then I realized no 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 you, you nobody's gonna do this if somebody doesn't make yeah. it happen. Who's, who's you know gonna mean? collect it? Yeah, like trash collect let's just go to trash collection, right? to <laughs> or
2: who's gonna trap skunks,
1: right? Yeah.
2: You're gonna find nobody in the city that's gonna go and trap a skunk unless you are out of animal control.
1: Crazy reality show of that guy Billy that does it. Billy the exterminator. Have you that's seen a that good show? One. yeah. He's that's like a good. vigilante he goes around yeah. and exterminating. He's like the punk rocker of yeah. Of, it's like the death metal catcher. Skunk catcher. <laughs> But yeah, but I'm but I'm just wondering how your like your view has changed. Like, if you could, if you could give, give a speech, which you already have at TED Talks, like, what would you say we need to do? Like, I mean, I know you know you're saying you're not an expert, but do you have any ideas of how it could work or work better?
2: My thoughts on it are that there are it's probably a small portion of Americans that volunteer, right? Right. So may, right. Say it's twenty five percent. And those 25% volunteer a good amount. Right. Like they volunteer a lot. And I think that the world would be a lot better place if we could get like maybe the next 25% of people to volunteer a little.
0: Right. So a small amount of people are carrying the bigger burden of the work.
2: Yeah, I think there's something about it feels good to volunteer. But some people volunteer a little bit, and then they, they can't feel good about it. They're like, I should do that more often. Right. Like I hear people say that a lot. I should volunteer more often. They never say, I volunteer a little. I'm proud of myself. Right. Now, I think if they knew the contribution they made, that they might be more proud of what they do. So that's my my thing is let's not all take this so seriously. Let's just you know find something volunteerish to do. Yes. Yeah.
0: Something is better than nothing.
2: Yeah, that's the whole thing. Something is better than nothing. That's my TED talk.
0: Yeah,
2: and there's like there's the giving money to charity thing, and it's real popular to like out some charities as not spending money wisely. Right, and I think that's true. You need to out those people for doing that, but I think that also gives people a pass on not giving money to charity.
0: Well, right. You can just be a cynic or a skeptic and say, well, why would I give money to charity? They're all crooked.
2: Yeah. So I think there's somewhere, there's some happy middle ground in there. And I think the progress to be made is at the border, the border of the people that almost volunteer. You're never going to get the hardcore cynics to do the volunteer work. They're never going to come out. They'll be miserable and everybody there will be miserable because they're miserable people. So, but um, but if you just make the volunteer and the people who volunteer are the nicest people in the world, so right. you just gotta get like a few of those people's friends. So I think the trick is to make the volunteering fun for the volunteers, and then they will tell their friends to come. That's my. The oh. game is not to try to convince everybody to volunteer. It's make Ford. the volunteering more fun.
0: Get those people to involve their friends. Or to guilt people. In, no, one, no one wants to be guilted into something. Yeah, <clears throat> Like if you don't do this, it won't get done and people will suffer. Yeah, That's care. on you, man. That's on you.
2: Yeah. Th- I don't think guilt is the way to get people to do it. I mean, it works <laughs> for some things and it does work for a portion of the population. can be but- functional.
0: Yeah. You know, whenever I volunteer to give it my time to something valuable where I feel like I'm making a difference, it feels good to actually get a return. Yeah. It's actually, you can be selfish in volunteer. Yeah, You get a return from it yeah. that is that is totally only yours. You I don't agree. have to share that return.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with being a little selfish in the volunteer process. Right. Like, like we, we talk about picking up diapers, you know? Like, you <laughs> see, if you're out mowing a park and you see a dirty diaper that's leaking or whatever, you don't have to pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, there's a limit here. Like, I'll pick it up if I will pick it up, but I'm, um, but I get more out of it than other people do. Like I do the interviews and I, if they take, put someone's picture in the magazine, it's usually me. I'll pick up the dirty diaper, but like, you know, Don King, the guy who shows up every week, he was really dutiful and everything. Don, if you don't want to pick it up, you don't have to pick it up.
0: That's fine. Like
2: fine. You brought your mower. You drove here. You spent gas. Sure. You're here all night. Like, just let it go, you know,
0: do let, do what you can. you don't have to do everything. Can. not everyone has to be a superhero, and that's yeah. I guess the point, right? You could just leave yeah, it better in. than you found
2: it. you
1: know Have you had anybody hit you up and say, hey, I saw your guy your guy's gang and now I started this thing and now I'm doing something cool. has it inspired? Yeah. You? That's the best. yeah,
2: there's a guy in um uh, Camden New Jersey that uh, that started something and then there's a there's a couple people here and there that like mo, you know, that contact me and that type of right. Stuff. But yeah, there's a group in Camden, New Jersey that uh, is struggling with, and and they have similar, you know, problems.
1: Right. I, I, I'm a firm believer in like things kind of spread virally when it comes to good stuff like that, like uh, good feelings and uh, people volunteering. It's like it, it's almost like it's attractive because like what makes this dude volunteer and mow lawns for free? It's almost like more interesting than anything else on the nightly news.
2: The funny thing is, they come out. <laughs> And then they meet the people and they're all there. They're all happy to be there. There's no, we're not twisting anybody's arm.
0: Right. Yeah. There's,
2: in fact, it's, it's almost hard to figure it all out. Like you have to be on Facebook and figure out when the event is. There's no right. staff. Like there's no, like the whole thing it takes to do a mower gang event is I create a Facebook event. It takes like 10 minutes.
0: Right. Yeah. And then everybody just sort of shows up. And random people show up. Yeah. You have to be okay with random people. Yeah, that's cool. They're nice people. On top of that, you're creating a like a community of people who wouldn't otherwise know each other. Yeah. And there's this like common bond. There's this almost like this friendship that's like we're all doing this one thing that nobody else is doing. We're doing yeah. it together. That's yeah. gotta be powerful.
2: It is. And um, you know what's funny about it is that there is there's a there's a hobbyist side of it as well. Like these guys like tractors and lawn tractors and gas right. engines and that stuff. So there's a little bit of a hobbyist thing. Like so yeah. if someone new shows up you're darn right. There's got to be, you don't have to introduce yourself because 10 guys are going to come over and look at your lawnmower.
1: <laughs> You've got the latest shifting gears. All right. Hey. Oh,
2: 3100 series craft. Oh, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. But
1: that thing purrs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you,
2: you got slime in the tires. You need slime in the tires. You
0: that tire out there. That's what they were talking about last night. I'm working on it. That's also, it's totally like a scooter club because that's the same thing with, 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 you know, with scooters. Is it everybody's everybody walks around looking at each other's bikes and yeah. Talking about what kind of mods they made. The motorcycle
2: stuff. gang, but with <laughs> a lot of those. It's You know, when motorcycle gangs get together, they have crazy contests and they have you know cookouts and stuff like that. So that's why we try to do that stuff.
1: That's so awesome. When I was listening to your TED talks, I was uh, when you were talking about how people don't volunteer for like the Elks Club and the Knights of Columbus and stuff anymore, and there's like a bunch of old people in them now, and yeah, and people don't get involved. I was listening to another article or or a talk or a podcast or something, and the person was saying how. Because of the way we are now, technology and everything's outsourced, we actually have more time than ever as humanity. We actually have more free time than we've ever had in the history of people. But mm-hmm. you're saying on that TED talk, Cecil, I thought like people are volunteering less or being less a part of these community groups. And why do you think that is? Why why do we have so much time and then we're we're not doing anything with it? I mean
2: yeah, I think it might be sort of related to the reason why they say young people today aren't interested in driving. Right. They're not interested in driving. Like when I was young, you know, I'm 46, so when 30 years ago when I became 16 years old, I literally pounded on the door of the DMV to get driver's license. Right. I begged and pleaded my parents to make the time to take me on my 16th birthday to get my license. And I would not have been happy with 16 years in one day. Um, (laughs) But today, kids are connected up. They're already connected to their
0: friends, so they don't need to, you know... Right, physical travel is less important. Like,
2: it might be exactly why we don't join civic organizations, because we're hearing each other's voices, like, through this type of thing. And
0: Sure, it's pseudo, though. It's not real, and there's something... There's absolutely something more valuable about real personal connection that you just, it's it's an intangible thing that you can't really, you can't really mimic with Snapchat, you know?
2: There's something about a virtual connection to all the information ever created in humanity as well, right? (laughs)
0: Right. Like,
2: if you're interested in the Great Pyramids, today you can spend days reading about them online and watching videos when i was a kid once you got past the encyclopedia britannica you know which was five paragraphs about the pyramids <laughs> you were done and i mean it was over and um maybe you could go to the elks club and find a guy that saw the pyramids in person and ask him about them
0: but, the Elks Club, but then, <laughs> the FOE, go down to the old FOE.
1: Maybe a guy would be it's there. It's funny because I remember, re- you know, reading about Mount Rushmore in high school, and the and and then when I finally got there on tour, I like looked at those rocks. And I was like, "Well, this looked way cooler in my history yeah. book than it oh, is." This is, wow. this this is kind of small.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, a lot of people say that about Mount Rushmore. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about it all. It's just the human <laughs> experience. I don't think you can say it's wrong or right or it's better or worse back sure. then. But certainly, with all this change in what we see and read every day, it's going right. to change society in a huge way. There are,
0: there are challenges, absolutely. Yeah. You're doing a great job overcoming or at least uh, addressing them.
2: We're just goofing around over here. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you, Tom Nardone. I know you got a ton of things to do today. We don't want to keep you too long. We've, we've been on the line for about 40 minutes here. So we just want to thank you for uh, giving us your time and sharing a bit about volunteerism. I think you're going to inspire some people, which is hopefully what we can do to to go out and just do it and, and have fun and not take anything too seriously. That's how you
2: don't feed the trolls, right? You starve them. You starve them out.
0: Exactly.
2: Starve them. <laughs> <laughs> and all that hating that they do, it just yeah. burns calories, right? Hater, haters going to hate. Don't feed them. No, but it burns calories. It's just pitted yeah. stomach. Starving. I'm starving. This guy's giving me nothing to work with.
0: And That's beautiful. Oh. That's beautiful. Because they'll die eventually if you don't feed them.
2: That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> my,
2: my Twitter is at Mower Gang.
1: At Mower Gang. So if you're, out, if you're out there and you start something... Tweet at Mower Gang and tell tell Tom what you've started. And now you have to do your best Shia LaBeouf impression of the do-it video for, a, for a-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that video?
1: No.
2: I saw it. It's uh-huh. just Shia
0: LaBeouf going, do it, do it.
2: Yeah. Wake up and do it. That's a good one. Yeah. Have you seen the Gary uh, Vaynerchuk one where he's in the cab and a woman runs up to him and she's like,
1: three we uh, words inspiration for any damn throwing down. Three words. Three words.
0: You're gonna die. Yeah, that's inspiration. Do something
1: about it. Do something about it. I love you. I love you too. Take care. Ready? <laughs> I'm <just> getting weird.
2: <laughs> that's beautiful advice. Like I wish I had the guts to
0: say something like that. <laughs> you're <laughs> gonna inspiration. Die. You don't need
2: inspiration when well, you're gonna die someday. Dang.
0: The truth sometimes is the best inspiration. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Great. Absolutely. Thanks, gentlemen.
2: It was a pleasure to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Imagine there's no heaven. Sees if you try. sky yeah. You know what's funny, man? I actually finally figured out why I like to keep the conversation going. Mm. Cause I like get, I get like kind of chummy with these people, and I want to be friends with them, and I don't want to <laughs> say goodbye. You're a very friendly guy. You're always like, I, that's why
0: we could be friends because I always want to keep the party going, like late into the night, and you're you're always yeah. down. You're always like, I'm not going to bed. There's more conversation to be had.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, you, like, that's it. We're not going to talk to Tom again. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. I want to talk to that guy, like, some point in the future. But then I got to think about it and go, Tom's got way too many friends. He he does not have time for some (laughs) Trolls podcast host to to text him about his life and stuff, you know. Well, we will
0: have have our relationship, however brief, documented forever on the internet via this podcast episode. And it'll be a, a moment in time that hopefully inspires people for years to come.
1: Yeah, you're gonna die out there. You're so gonna die. Go so do mow, something. Mow some lawns. And don't and feed the don't trolls. You don't have to know how to do anything. Just do it. Do it.
0: You miss it.